Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kenny Albert. You're listening to the Broadway Hat Podcast with your host, Kyle Hall, the number one podcast for all things Rangers hockey. Welcome back to the Broadway Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hall, and we have an emergency episode today following game one of the Rangers-Penguins series. The Rangers losing in triple OT, 4-3 to three to the Penguins, but the story of the game was a disallowed goal with about four minutes left in the third period with Philip Heedle scoring a goal after, uh, after Kako crashed into uh, Casey DeSmith, the Penguins goalie. He may have been bumped, though, by Brian Dumoulin, the Penguins defenseman. The referees called it a goal on the ice, but after the officials went to Toronto and they reviewed the goal, it was disallowed. Um, you know, the Rangers right there, that's a win. They have four to three with four minutes left. You got to think the Rangers are going to hold on for that game. And the, the entire game, the officiating was a little up and down. You know, Ryan Lindgren gets called for a five-minute major, and then that got reviewed, and that got turned into a two-minute minor on a call where he hit the guy in the chest, and then on the follow-through came up. And because they were going full speed at each other, uh, you know, the refs made the call on the ice. But, you know, and then also later on the game, on the power, already on the penalty kill, Jacob Truba uh, hit, I think it was Jake, I think it was Getzel from behind. Uh, they end up calling a boarding call there. That was a bad call, too, but uh, don't listen to me about it because, obviously, you know, I think that the Rangers should have won and got robbed of that game, but uh, I'm lucky enough to be joined by uh, Tim Peel today, the longtime NHL official, over 1,300 games in the NHL and 90 playoff games refereed, and Tim talks all about those goals, all about the disallowed goal and the, the calls in general, and then just the refereeing in the playoffs as a whole and uh, you know how difficult it is to referee in these these crazy fast playoff games. So he really gets into it, and he talks about it. And he, he really gives a good breakdown of all the calls and everything that would happen. So uh, great great insight from him. So let's send it to Tim right now, and uh, and him and I break down game one. All right, after last night's crazy Rangers game, we have to bring in. Tim Peel, who is a veteran of over 1,300 games in the NHL, uh, referee 90 playoff games. He's the, basically the Twitter referee, so I wanted to bring him. Tim, thanks so much for taking the time this morning and uh, talking about this crazy game. So first, the disallowed goal, the, the goal that all of New York is talking about, the goal that all the NHL is talking about. What is your first impression of it? I know you've watched it a ton of times. 
Was it on the front page of the New York Post this morning? Or? <laughs> it might have been too late, actually, because the game went so late. They might have missed yeah. the, the press. You know what? It was a, first of all, it was a fantastic hockey game. You know, I stayed up, obviously, and watched it anytime. You know, I was then I watched the the uh, Dallas Calgary game. And even though I'm rooting for da- for Calgary, I was kind of hoping Dallas would tie <laughs> it up and we'd have overtime again, because, as you know, playoff hockey and overtime is the best it's so the best it's it, it's the best and worst right for a yeah exactly <laughs> no you know what i know it's tough for the ranger fans today and if if that goal had been scored on the rangers and they allowed the goal the ranger fans would be sour that it was allowed if that goal was allowed on pittsburgh the gm of pittsburgh they're upset and the coach is upset because they allowed the goal you are never going to make anybody happy on this call, but I can tell you this, Kyle, when that puck went in the net, I was sitting on the sofa with my wife and kids watching the game. And I, as soon as it went in, I said, that is no goal. And she, and she, and she goes, well, yeah, it's no goal. I can tell that, but she just saw the goalie out of the net. But the reason that I say that is, is you can dispute the, the level of contact that Dumoulin put on, uh, Capo, I think it was marginal at best. I think he was, listen, did Capo do anything wrong? Probably not. You know, he's got the puck. He's, he's cutting hard to the net. Um, but I watched it quite a few times last night and then this morning. And if you look at the replay, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of contact by Dumoulin, but Capo's right leg is the one that really causes all the contact. It comes through deep in the crease. It hits the smet, forces the smet out of the net, and then he's unable to properly play his position. So I know it's tough for the Ranger fans, but I truly think that that the referees and Toronto got the call right. And, uh, you know, hopefully that doesn't determine the series because I think the Rangers have a fantastic team. I feel bad for Igor this morning. He stopped 71 or 70, 79, 79, 79 yeah. and, and uh, gets the loss, but you run the risk as a forward when you're cutting in. Cause I think, I don't think if there was any contact with Dumoulin, I still think Capo's going through the crease there just because he's trying to squeeze in, in a, such a tight area that, he's not going to be able to stay outside of that crease. And as soon as he enters that crease and makes contact with the Smet, then we, we got a problem. And that's why Toronto overturned. Now with it being called a goal on the ice, were you surprised that it was called the goal on the ice first off and second? No, 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 because it happens so quick. You know, it depends where the referee was standing. I think Chris Lee was the low referee. Um, I think he was standing at the corner to the right of DeSmet where we come out as officials, you know, where we come mm-hmm. out of that corner. Mm-hmm. So he's looking at, at Dumoulin, Capel coming towards him. It's pretty tough to see that right leg of, of Capo's hitting. Now, if he's on the other side of the net, he's looking at their backs. He, he can probably see that the, and he may have, he may have still called it a goal, you know, because like I said, it happened so quick but he may have waved it off as well. But I wasn't surprised that Toronto overturned it. Now, when you go to the, the phone there and you talk to Toronto, are are you, as a referee, are you talking to them as what you saw on the play or is it just you're listening the entire time? 
No, no, we're ta- we we're, we pull up the they've got the replay on the iPad, mm-hmm. and we're talking. They're talking. We're telling them what we saw. They're saying, "Hey, this is what we we're seeing here." And I know as a ref, even though I didn't wave it off at that at that instance, I would have looked at that and said, "You know what? We got a problem here because Capo's leg makes significant contact with the Smet, and I don't see." Does Dumoulin lean on him a little bit? Yeah, but not a lot. And uh, so we go back and forth, and then we 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 both agree that hey, this is no goal, or this is a goal. Now, the one thing when you look at the replay, and obviously every Twitter, every Range fan on Twitter is trying to be a referee today and be a video uh, person. So when you look at it, his skates are parallel; they're not going towards the net. Is that any way you know kind of showing that he wasn't trying to? Make contact was where he where he first gets pushes at like right at the bottom of the circle, the face-off dot. So there was it looked like he was trying to angle, and then maybe he's got kind of like like you said, he didn't get shoved, but there was definitely a, some sort of a, a push from Dumoulin into him. Yeah, no, Kyle, I think you're you're bang on with, with the angle of his skates. I just think he ran out of room. Like yeah. you're absolutely right. If a player's going like this and he's clearly not trying to avoid the goaltender, he's definitely trying to avoid the goaltender, but Unfortunately, you know, it's the rub of the green. Some, sometimes it just happens. And he, no, there's 100%. I, I'm certain that he did not mean to make contact with mm-hmm. this man. But at the end of the day, he did. And Pittsburgh fans and Ranger fans are going to differ on the level of contact from Dumoulin. Yeah. And I guess Chris Lee goes out there to make that call. I mean, as an official, you've gone out there and made announcements. Now you're saying from the MSG, 18,000 fans, you're calling no goal with four minutes left in the game. I mean, what kind of feeling do you think he's going through? Um, it doesn't bother him because he's a pro. He's like, you know what? Uh, he's been there many nights when the call has gone the Rangers way. And it's just, you know, you, you can't referee like that because you're in Madison Square Garden and, you know, all your listeners out there before I retired or, or was early retired, uh, you know, uh, New York was going to be my second to last game. My last game was going to be in St. Louis, my adopted hometown. Mm-hmm. But my second to last game was going to be at Madison Square Garden because I loved working there. I was I, I said to my wife and kids last night, I just got chills even bringing it up, how I just loved working in that building. And I remember, I think it was 2000 eight or six or maybe eight I think it was the last time the Rangers and the Flyers played a game seven and Chris Rooney and I were doing the game and the Rangers won and we called one penalty the entire game it was against Zach Ronaldo from the Flyers but an hour and a half before the game we're in the dressing room and all you could just hear the chants let's go Rangers and it's one of my favorite memories of ever being in the NHL so no you know what he he knows he knows that he's going to get Probably the ref, you suck chant. Oh, that was going hard last night. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was not, that might have been the loudest chant the whole night. <laughs> but he's got a job to do, and he's a pro. So uh, earlier in the game, I don't know if you saw the Lindgren hit uh, in the first period that they originally called a five minute, and they went to review and they called a two minute. And when you do review it, it, it kind of you look. He got hit in the chest, and then his body finished up. He he didn't make contact to the head. That's why they took it to a two minute. Right. Is there a point there where you like you almost say like, oh wow, we, we that's actually a clean play. Now there's no way you can wave that off, right? Yeah, you know what? Um, 
I, I said on, on a show the other day, the illegal checks that I had, whether it's a two-minute minor or, or a match penalty or a major penalty, they're the hardest plays to get Kyle because it's easy for us to sit there and watch the replay mm-hmm. and go, you know what, he got him here. And then it did come up and get him in the chin. But he, but I think you're right. His initial point of contact was right here. Shit, yeah. But when that's going at full speed oh, and, sure, you're, yeah. and you're roughing in real time, and you see his snap, his head snap back, and he's hurt on the play, you're like, he got him in the head. So it's very, you know what, that's the good thing about, it's a great thing about what the league did a few years ago by bringing in video replay uh, that we could we could look at those plays because the last thing as a referee is you want to call a five-minute penalty. And it wasn't a five-minute penalty, and they scored two or three goals like we saw with San Jose and Vegas a yeah. couple of years ago. And you just, you, you leave the building with this pit in your stomach that you can't get rid of for, for weeks. So I don't have a problem with them calling two in that. And uh, hopefully uh, Raquel's okay because it looked pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, it was a big, it, the hit, just the impact of the hit, obviously he's a right. big kid. I mean, Raquel, obviously they're going full speed at each other. It's going to be a large collision. Um, and then I guess, you know, the end of the second period, there was a bad call there on true, but I'll say it's a bad call. You can say it's not on the, on the corner there on the, on the five on four. Is there the boarding, the boarding? Yeah. I, I thought it was, that was a little bit of a borderline call there, especially on the power play already. I was surprised. And obviously the penguins capitalized on the five on three. What were your thoughts on that call? Um, regardless of whether it's going to put them down five on three, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. Yeah. Um, but I've got to side with you on this one. I thought it was one that you could let go. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was it was vicious enough to call up, you know. I I don't know if that's the standard that the NHL wants is in boarding penalties. I don't think it was severe enough uh that it warranted a, a two-minute penalty. I don't know if you saw the play on Monday where Nick Letty got run from yep. behind. And I think the refs used great judgment. It was kind of from the side. He got rocked hard. You know, he got rocked hard, but I thought the referees used good judgment. The league wants, wants you to let them battle along the boards. And if he, if Truba uses a stick and he cross checks him, then I don't have a problem with that. But I, I thought it was, I thought it was a penalty. They probably could have let go. Um, but I, I will say this. I thought they did it. I thought the refs called a good game. You know, we've seen a lot of penalties in, on Monday and justifiably so, um, you know, other than maybe that play, you know, because at the end of the day, the goalie, uh, the goal that they, that they counted uh, um, or, or disallowed on the Rangers that's not the referee's decision at the end of the day. That's Toronto that's making that decision. So at the end of the day, we're going to talk about the refs and we're really talking about maybe one call, you yeah. know, the, the, the Truba one. Um, after that call on Truba, they, they swallowed the whistle the rest of the game. And obviously in overtime, you very rarely see a penalty call. It, it, from a referee standpoint, it, it's, it has to be basically like a two-hand chop to a head somewhere for, to get a call in overtime. Like what You kind of let the guys play. Well, it used to be like that for sure. Um, but I think, you know, the NHL expects us, Gary Bettman and Bill Daly and Coley and Steven, they expect us to keep the standard. 
you know, a lot of teams were surprised on Monday night by the amount of penalties that were called. But I went on a show yesterday and I said, surprisingly, the last three seasons, not last season, but the two seasons before, there were more penalties called in the playoffs than there were in the regular season. Now, a lot of people were surprised by that stat. And some of that is skewed because of overtimes, mm -hmm. you know, like last night, you know. Um, but Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started Betfred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetfredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. If it's a penalty, walk them and then want you to, to call it. And, and, you know, you're certainly not going out there looking for one. And if you're going to call a penalty, you make, you better make sure it's a good penalty. <laughs> you better make sure everybody in the building can see it. All 40 players can see it. All the coaches can see it. You just want to make sure if you're, if you are calling a penalty in overtime, that it's a good one. There's definitely a couple trips, couple elbows in the overtime sessions that you're like, oh, and then you know the, you hear the garden crowd erupt or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it went both ways. The Rangers Truba had a trip too on I think Gensel in the second OT that wasn't right. good. So I mean, I think they let him play, which I thought was great. Um, because you know, as a Ranger fan, you sit there and you see four to one penalties on the board, and you're like, oh, you know, can we get one back here? You know, can can, can they help us out? And uh and I'm sure the Ranger fans were licking their chops when Louis Domingue came in. Yeah, you know, what an unbelievable story, I, huh? I mean, I, it, it is unbelievable, and I hate to say it because I love the Rangers and Gerard Gallant and I are very good friends. But I was almost rooting for for <laughs> Louis Domingue because I'm like, what an unbelievable story this guy. You know, I don't know if you saw the interview after he was having a meal between the uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like between a, the first spicy and pork or something like spicy that. pork and right. <laughs> so for him to come in and stop. Was it 13 or 17 shots is remarkable. Now he now when DeSmith went down, he put his glove over his face. Is that an international sign to refs that he was hurt? Like how how does that get I, communicated? I've never seen that before. I, okay. I I usually it's just through communication. Hey, I'm hurt. You know, I'm hurt. Um and I think he gave them a heads up prior to that, saying that from what I read that you know, he was, he was getting cramps and he was going to try to fight through it. And, and then eventually he couldn't, but I, I've never seen that signal before. I, it, maybe it is an international sign over in Europe, but I've never seen it in North America. And, and um, I saw a report come out this morning that the refs were the ones that actually went to the bench to tell the Penguins coach. Is that something that happens usually with a goalie communicates that? hundred percent, you know, it's the right thing to do. Like our job is to make the game fair and safe. Mm -hmm. And if we had got that information and hadn't gone over to the Pittsburgh bench, just like we would have done to the Ranger yeah. bench, and then they go, well, you guys knew about this three minutes ago? You know, Louie could have been, you know, we, so no, they handled it perfectly. Yeah, no, I, that's, you know, that's not a problem with anyone. I, I was just right. interested in the, right. the schematics, that whole thing, because yeah. Domingue's sitting in the hallway by himself, you know, he's not on the bench, and he, he his eyes actually, like, you know, his eyes look like bugged out as, all of a sudden he just like shoots up and gets on the ice and he, he had no idea of it coming at all. <laughs> I know. And I, I've got a, I phoned Wes McCauley this morning. I've got to find out uh, how come Chris Lee looks like he got beat up by yeah. about three guys with baseball bats. It's uh, I couldn't believe when he went to announce a penalty, how black and blue his eyes were. It was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, so ra- the Ranger that. fans might have roughed him up in between intermissions. I'm right. happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess going forward in the playoffs, like we saw Monday night, there's a lot of calls. And last night, I didn't watch any of the games. I was locked in the Ranger game that played forever, so I didn't watch anything else. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it as the as the postseason goes further and further, do the calls get uh, like like we said, it really has to be a penalty. Like when you get to the Stanley Cup Finals, is it any change in the fishing that you see from the no. first round of Stanley Cup? No, and the, and and I, and that may sound like such a, a BS answer, but the truth is, I don't know. Did you watch any of the Minnesota St. Louis game? Yeah, well, yeah, and the, the one play that stood out to me was the Buchnevich cross check to the ankles. That right, and they call the penalty, but yeah, what I was going to say is the first round of the playoffs is always the craziest. Mm-hmm. It, it always has the most penalties. So that game, Jordan Greenway, Felino. After every stoppage you play, they were going in, punching guys, trying to because they know. And I said to, to uh, my buddy that night, we were texting. I said, after the first 10 minutes, I said, it is very clear that Minnesota wants to play a physical, uh, wants to get them off their, off their game. And what happened was, I think it was Kelly Sutherland and, and Jake Brank. And finally, they, they took... Jordan Greenway by himself after a scrum. They took Felino by himself after a scrum. They took Perron by himself. They took uh, Falk by himself because the league does not want scrum after scrum after yeah. scrum. And if you can pick one guy and get him out of there, then that will stop the scrums. And as you go along, you go down from 16 teams to 18 teams. You don't have those. It just the game changes a bit right now. Everybody is hot and horny and they're ready to, you know, the teams that finish lower feel that they can beat the higher seeded teams. And, and, you know, they know as you, as you've seen in the playoffs, Kyle, over a long time, there's players that don't throw a check the whole regular season <laughs> that are finishing their checks in the postseason. Yeah. It's unbelievable how these athletes can bring their game up to a next level. It's incredible. Now we've had guys on the show that talk about the speed of the game in the postseason and how crazy is the playoffs compared to the regular season, how it is such a step up from an officiating side. How tough is that to keep up with these guys that are now are world-class at the begin with and now taking to another level? Well, you know, it's a, it's definitely a young man's game. You know, um, I was the oldest ref when I retired at 55, you know, I think there might be, one or two refs in their early forties that are out or fifties that are out there right now. Um, the league's done a good job of hiring guys that are athletes, ex players. Jake Brank played with David Backus at, and it, in Minnesota. You know, these are guys that know the game that, that are athletes. They're good skaters, better skate, better skaters than I ever was. <laughs> and so, but no, you've got to be prepared. You, the biggest thing I remember working a lot of playoff games with Wes McCauley. And sometimes you can overskate. You can work too hard out there. You know, you can bust up the ice. You're, you're moving too much. Like Wes always said to me, he goes, Peelzy, we, we're going to keep all 10 players in, in front of me. And if that means we have to sit back in the corner a little bit and we're able to see everything, so be it, but we're not going to, we're not going to, I'd rather be slow and right than fast and make a, a bad call. So it's important for the refs as fast as the game looks, it's unbelievable how our guys are able to slow it down. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember 
2019 when the Blues won the Cup, and I was a standby ref in San Jose, and the Blues were playing there, and I'm standing at the Zamboni entrance, and I'm watching the play, and I'm going, I don't know how our guys do it, but then when I get on the ice, it just becomes human nature. You don't you you know where the sticks and the pucks are going, and you just kind of read the play. But if you're standing there down by the glass, you're like, I don't know how these guys do it. Yeah, I it I mean, like you said, we have the power of replay. Right, they see everything at full speed. So it's it. Uh, listen, as much as I love to yell at the referees and try to blame them for a loss, it, it it's obvious they they do an unbelievable job. But before we let you go, Tim, I got to ask you one question. You talk about the Rangers and sitting there for a playoff game. Any funny interactions with any former coaches or players through the years that stands out to you from a Ranger standpoint? Well, Vino and I, we always used to joke because uh, I kind of always like to dress nice and, and show up at a game. And and uh, he, he'd he always say to me, I'd go over to the bench to talk to him. A lot of our guys didn't get along with AV. I don't know why. He kind of complained a lot, but I really liked him as a person. I thought he was a great guy. And he would just always joke with me like, hey, Peelzy, what are you wearing tonight? What do you got on? You know, Manhattan on a Saturday night. You got the A suit on, right? You got the A suit on. You're going out after the game and just <laughs> stuff like that. But, you know, and then Tortorella. I always loved Torts when I worked in New York. And, and I just love him as a person. And and just the way his interaction with, with, uh, uh, with the officials and the players. But I remember one night I was working at Madison Square Garden and Sean Avery, who I liked a lot. I had him in the OHL and, and a lot of our guys didn't like him, but I did. And, and he came up or he, he was telling Tyler Kennedy, he's like, and Tyler played for the Penguins. And he's like, Hey, kept calling him pig nose all night, pig nose, pig nose. And I go, finally, I go up to age and I go, why are you calling him pig nose? He goes, Peels, he goes, have you ever seen his nose? It's like a pig. And sure enough, he's, he had the nostrils that look like a pig. And I looked at him like, where, where do you come up with this stuff? It's just <laughs> hilarious. So Avery's one of a kind. I'm sure a lot of officials uh, definitely had to deal with some of his antics. And, yeah. uh, and I, and the one question I got from uh, Ranger fans <laughs> when I posted a picture this morning, uh, does Sidney Crosby send all officials Christmas gifts? Well, he did send me a nice jersey when I when I did a thousand games, so maybe he does. But no, you know what? <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because I called a penalty against the Islanders in overtime years ago, and you know the you know the Marriott that's by the Long Island, yep, yep. by the rink. We used to stay at the Marriott, and it was an afternoon game, Kyle, and it was sunny out, and so they'd been drinking all day outside. We get off the ice at five, six o'clock. They're still drinking. We, and so I call a penalty against the Islanders on tripping, tripping or hooking Sid. And so we needed a police escort just across that little parking lot to get back to the hotel. And they <laughs> were giving it to me. I cannot even repeat the stuff they were saying about me and Sid. It was unbelievable. So, yeah, as much as the Ranger fans probably think that, you know, I was watching him last night and I'm like, because how old is he now? He's 36, 36, I think. Yeah, 36. Like, yeah. I'm like, this kid is still good. You know, he's, oh, he's unbelievable. Anymore, he's unbelievable. His unbelievable. line, his line was dominant. His line turned the entire game around. But he's still throwing the cheap shots. I mean, Keandre Miller have been going at it all year long. Yeah. He still throws the cheap shots. It's it's just, you know, what for the visiting or opponent team to him, he's so good. And then he gets called, you know, he gets a call and you're like, oh, 
you know, of course he gets the call. And then, <laughs> and then you look back at the stats and it, like you could say the Penguins are disciplined. He's a disciplined player, but you're like, oh, every year they're like, you know, top of the league and drawing penalties and at bottom and penalties again. So it's like, oh, are they well coached? Yeah. You know, but, you know, the easier way of saying it is, oh, the officials like the Penguins more, you know, it's like, I know. Then the, I know. the picture of the ref with the Penguins jersey starts circulating. Again. <laughs> and I'm sure you've seen that a number of times, but. I just got to, you know, I got to ruffle your feathers a little bit by uh, asking him <laughs> sit gifts. Not a problem. But Tim, yeah, thanks so much for popping on today and, and talking about it. It was a great game and the playoffs obviously are unbelievable. It's so exciting now to have, you know, full crowds back in the stands yeah. and people back. It's great. And uh, I follow you in dailyfaceoff.com. You're the rules analyst there. So uh, you also become the de facto Twitter referee. So thank you for always so. responding thanks, to all that. Have me on anytime. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for always responding to those crazy fans. I need to ask you every five seconds about a question of uh, if that was a good call or not. So thank you so much. No problem. Well, some great analysis there from Tim Peel. Thank you. I can't not thank him enough for coming on, making short notice here this morning to come on following last night's, you know, crazy, crazy triple OT game. And, um, you know, Tim, like he said, he he thought it was a, a no goal right away. Um, when he looked at the highlight, the uh, replays of it, he could see that Kako does have his leg make contact. Personally, do I still think you know the Penguins' D-man pushed him into him? Yes. And like he said, a Ranger fan, you're pissed today. But if that was allowed, the Penguins fans are pissed today. It. I think Ryan Strom said it best after the game was 50-50. You can't let one call you know ruin a game. And the Rangers have plenty of chances after that to win the game. And they couldn't get it done. Uh, but yeah, it was great. You know, great to hear what Tim thought about it, and I'm happy he agreed with me with the Truba call. That was a little bit of a, a bad. That was a bad call. It was, it was like I said in the interview. It's, it's a bad call. And uh, but yeah, so I mean, it was great to talk to him. And obviously, a guy, you know, I think over 20 years in the NHL as a referee, uh, he knows what he's talking about. And he's on DailyFaceoff.com as their rules analysis, a rules analyst as well. Do, does a great job there for them. So can't thank Tim enough. And then who knows if the Rangers have any other crazy referee. Uh, calls that go against them or maybe for them. Uh, hopefully we'll get Tim back on during the playoffs and uh, it'll be great to hear back from him because he does, he's a wealth of information. He's great on Twitter answering fans. So uh, it was great to get him on today and can't thank him enough for taking the time. And that does it for the, <clears throat> for the playoff edition of a last minute emergency podcast, episode number 74. Uh, make sure you go and follow the show on Twitter at Broadway Hat Pod. Follow my personal account at KHOLNY for all New York Ranger updates. You can follow the show on Instagram and on Facebook at the Broadway Hat Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts. Every five star review is a dollar donated to Alexis, Alex's Lemonade Foundation. So please and thank you to everyone who has already gone on there and left a review for the show. I cannot thank our listeners enough. I think we've raised almost $70 so far for an outstanding foundation helping fight pediatric cancer. Make sure you go and listen to the show on on Spotify. You can also follow the show there and also leave us a nice five-star review. You can find the show on Spreaker, Pandora, Google Play, Amazon Music. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can find the show there. And uh, after a rough game, one, let's hope the Rangers rebound Thursday night at the Garden. And uh, obviously, playoff hockey's back. MSG was electric last night. It was awesome hearing the Ranger chants. And even the refs suck, as Tim talked about in the interview uh, the crowd was just into it. It was awesome. So let's go Rangers and hopefully they go out there and get game two and we'll see you next week.
Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started Betfred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetfredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.